Please stand by for video. We will some Te uh, technical, technical difficulties on our end. Tech support. Tech Can support. They hear <clears throat> was was tech support from Dinosaur Office? Oh no, I was I was referencing what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, Devin, okay. did you watch the right movie? Because now I'm concerned. Again, Dine. <laughs> I haven't slept Dinosaur in Dinosaur Office. Yeah, have you not seen Dinosaur Office? I don't, I don't know what that is either. Uh, like, I, listen, I'm lost. It was one is of those a British thing. No, it was an early 2000s internet video that was hilarious at the time, but it's probably super cringe if you watch it now. Like that. Oh my God, shoes video that everyone for some reason loved. That is not cringe. That is generational cultural heritage. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight you. It is cringe and was back then it too. Is. You just, you just right. pressed a button. Don't make there. me pull out the muffin video. <laughs> Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And joining us this week from my other podcast, Brilliant But Lazy, is Josh Howell. What's up? Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I feel like I just podcasted with you, but that's because we did. We recorded two podcasts over the weekend uh, in your hotel wow. lobby. Which was an experience yeah. that I'm really curious to see how they turn out because I have not played them. Yeah, back me yet. too. So <laughs> we started it at we we started it at a good time, and then you could just tell when the con got out because we left a little early, you know, which was fine. Um, and uh, and then yeah, just the people started coming in because our hotel was literally half a block from the building, so I I imagine ninety percent of the rooms were Comic Con folks, and yeah, you get you know the the lobby. We were still off to a corner, but it went from quiet to oh, people are here now. So yeah, yeah, it was all right. I'm sure your it's fine. your hotel was impressive because I could walk out of your hotel lobby and turn to the left and just see the Javits Center, which and I, I would, and you could uh, read the New York Comic Con signs within yeah. the Javits Center. That's how close we were. The the actual room wasn't that impressive, and local construction forced us to lose water twice in one week. But otherwise, uh, it was cheap and and within walking distance. Yeah. So that's good by me. Oh, that sounds incredible. Meanwhile, yeah. I was taking the subway forty five minutes to Brooklyn, which was a which was a fun experience all of a, of itself. <laughs> uh, which I, made me feel Are like we a New Yorker. Get into that? I was told I was told by my friend I was staying with that I was a better New Yorker than some people he knows who live in New York because I was able to get to the, to the subway into his place in Brooklyn better than people that he knows that live there. <laughs> so good. Well, that's what Google Maps is for. Yeah, so usually at the top of the show, we talk about things that we watched in pop culture. This week's going to be a little bit different because Josh and I did a lot in New York over the last weekend that I think Devin and Ryan are very curious to hear about. So we're going to go over a few things that we yeah. did uh, because we were in town for New York Comic Con. And we'll talk about Comic Con here at the end of the we watch this uh, topic. But I want to start off with last Wednesday... Josh and I were able to secure tickets to The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You lucky devils. My goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I told you guys where we were sitting for Colbert, did I? 
No. No. All I saw, I saw was a picture of feet and then your tickets. That's <laughs> yeah. all I know. Okay. That was it. I'm, we, we were in the second row right in front of Colbert for the monologue. I mean, like, yeah. maybe eight feet. Maybe. It so was, he was, like, monologuing to you. Yes. yes. It was insane. It was in, the the, and we got there perfect. Like we, uh, what was it? What your your ticket said? Final check in at four o'clock. Yes. And we were like, we we had we had pa- we set up the booth as much as we could. We went out and we got some food, and we even got some food at a place where the wait staff was clearly understaffed, and it took forever. And then we were like, let's just you know, let's just go there. It was like one thirty maybe. Let's just go there and see if we need to get in line now or not and we did and we stayed in line till four o'clock when we got in four four thirty ish so it was a lot of standing but that resulted in us being like you know they they left the front row open for vips but we had the perfect perfect seats it was insane how close we were so if you watch the episode from last wednesday with john ferderman and melissa Senor. When Colbert walks mm. out for his monologue, you can see us right in front of him for like a split second. Yeah. And then th- they also did a segment called uh, Hispanic or Latino. When they, mm-hmm. And when they, they cut to the audience, you can see us in that shot, too. Yeah. Uh, I meant to pull images yeah. from that. Oh, but so fun. It was a no, good. It was a really good. And, and we, you couldn't you couldn't take out your phone inside the theater. As soon as you stepped through the doors, they were very vigilant. Like you couldn't. You know, we were still sitting there for a while. You couldn't text or you couldn't take pictures. And I couldn't believe how big the stage really was. Like, what you see on, you know, screen uh, compared to the vastness of the actual stage and the multi-levels and the lights. And it was just, it was really, it was impressive. Devin, you would have been so mad because he has Aragorn's sword. Right, right. Does he really? Right next to Captain America's stuff. Like... Mm. It's a beautiful oh, theater. Gosh, is that ever he part just of the has show, it. or does he just like have that? Sometimes he does little segments in that little area. Sometimes, but not often. Okay. So I always thought that was just like a set that they roll out of a closet every once in a while. But no, it's like a permanent yeah. structure on the stage. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's incredible! Yeah. I'm so happy for you guys. Uh, but the best part was just behind the scenes stuff. You know, like uh, he'd do the monologue and. And he would flub a word, and and he would laugh to himself and be like, "Stop! I'm sorry. We got to start over. We got to start that over. Please laugh at the joke a second time." Or, or he would do, Aww. he would finish the monologue, and then there'd be a break, and then the stage manager would be like, "Hey, the graphics were wrong on this, or we need you to say this line another another way." And so he'd come out and he'd redo it. And I love the behind the scenes stuff. I just thought that that was really cool to see. Yeah, you know? he did mess up a few times it was fat from a production standpoint it was nice to see how they go about doing that because he went through the monologue the whole way through and then talks to his producer and like okay we have to do some of that again because i messed up more than i thought um so Mm -hmm. so that was interesting (laughs) like the cool tidbit from the episode was it was senator john fetterman who's infamous for not wearing a suit and tie anywhere uh he gave colbert one of his sweatshirts to wear Mm -hmm. Like, and so Colbert put it on, which was which was fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. it was it was an oh, amazing wow. experience. Um, and so if you can, 
thank you again for for giving hey for no giving problem me tickets to that that was a great experience uh, yeah no it was it was fantastic yeah. and a great way to start off a trip in new york uh josh you saw something to end your trip in mm-hmm. new york uh what did you end up seeing after i left town on sunday yeah because you left town you and you and uh and the wife went back and i was like well I'm a little lonely. I could uh, go to bed early. I could sulk at a bar or I could uh, get on a bike and ride down to Times Square and see if there's any shows. And it was a Sunday, so there weren't a lot of shows. A lot of the bigger productions don't do evening shows. Like, part of me wanted to see Harry Potter, but they only had a matinee. So I got down there. um, They have a behind-the-stairs in Times Square is the TKTS stand, and usually if you get there like an hour before sh- curtain or before showtime, they have remaining seats for 40-50% off. And I looked, and they had the Book of Mormon, and I've always wanted to uh. see it. I'm a huge South Park fan, um, and I got tickets for like, I mean, they were like 162 bucks. I got them for like 70 and uh, oh, they were perfect seats, middle, mezzanine, balcony, just perfect seats. And uh, um, it was great. I mean, I was there alone, but like I met the people next to me and I was just cracking up. And I have always seen the opening number, you know, because it's been at the Tonys and other things. But I've never known what the rest is about. And I was oh, just, no. I just did not realize where it was going. And I was, yeah, I was thoroughly entertained. That was an amazing, nice. amazing uh, play. I loved it so much. You have hit on one of my personal favorites. I love, love, love Book of Mormon mm-hmm. so much. I have to ask, like, what was your favorite part? Like, I have to ask. Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, the guy, the, I even looked him up, and I'm following him now on Instagram. The guy that plays Elder uh, Cunningham was just perfect. Yeah. The, the, the guy that we watched, apparently he's been playing this same character for, like, ten years. And, uh, you wow. know, the structure of the play, you think, is going to be around Elder Price, the, the main character, but... I was more interested in Cunningham and just the way it, it kind of reminded me of another character that we'll talk about from what we saw on Thursday and how he did his character. Uh, this this actor um, did it that way as well, and it was just just you know there's you can you can you could tell like okay this was in the script this was something he added on the end you know and I really. Yeah. I really liked it, and I grew up kind of in, in religious, and so I, I connected with so much of, of what was going on, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was it was really good. His last name's Strand. I can't remember his full name, but the, the actor was fantastic, so yeah. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. What a good call. I was so surprised. I'm happy I, I, I love that. I'm happy like, we got to talk about it. Me too. It was, I a, love that it was a hell Book of a way Mormon to end the like weekend. The one show that's going on a Sunday yeah. night. Like <laughs> the irony of that is just fantastic to me. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we sense. saw another show. Yeah. Um, and I'm I, I want to play a game with Devin because Ryan knows because I told Ryan this was coming. Devin, what show do you think Josh and I saw on Thursday night? <laughs> uh, is on. it on or off Broadway? On. On? Okay, so it's not Little Shop. Um, you guys saw 
It's not Aladdin. That's still going on. I think Beetlejuice ended its run. You guys saw... Oh, my... No. Spam, you guys saw Spam a lot, didn't no. you? Uh, nope. We saw Back in the Future. Oh, what'd you see? <laughs> so we we what went in, we went to the TKTS booth with three shows in mind. It was Harry. We were either going to see Harry Potter, The Shark Is Broken, which is yeah. like a, a play about the making of Jaws, uh, or Back to the Future. And Josh said yep. to the person at the that booth, was over like, here. "Whatever has the best seats, we'll take those." And it ended up being Back to the Future, Center Mezzanine. Fantastic seats. Like I will send you the pictures of the seats that we had. But we we got to see Man. Back to the Future. Oh. Insane, insanely good seats. Roger, did you see Roger Bart? Was he playing the? Was yes. He playing oh my God! Thank God we he did. He stole the, the show. Part. I love oh. that everyone else in the show is doing impressions of either Michael J. Fox or Crispin Glover, and he's like, "No, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to make Doc Brown my own." Uh, it was he really phenomenal. Did. And it worked. And it worked. It didn't feel out of place. It felt like, no. no. This, the longer it, it went on, right you're right like, now. give me give me more. You know, yeah. like, give me more of this. Yeah. How did you feel about the the guy that played the dad, though? Because he's one of the few cast members they took he, from the London production. He was, I, I, I liked him. Oh, like, really? He did a great George yeah. McFly impression. To, almost to the point where I was like, oh, boy. this like It gave me PTSD to yeah, when I met good. Crispin Glover. Uh, and not in, a, not in a good way, but no, it was a it was a fantastic imp, 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 uh, performance as well. Like, he was really really good. Like I just looked him up. His name is Hugh Coles, and without the comb over and the glasses and the, I mean, he looks nothing like him. But it the the resemblance and the mannerisms were, and I mean, he had George down to a T. And uh, and I, I thought we were lucky to see the cast that we did because, uh, you know, I, I looked it up later and I saw, like, the trailer for the original Broadway cast and Casey Likes was not Marty McFly. And I thought that the other one looked older and didn't really have as much of a um, Michael J. Fox impression. And, you know, Casey did an amazing job. But Roger Bart was just, holy shit, it was... He's so he, good. he was so great, man. He was so ever all his mannerisms. Again, there felt like there was a little like ad lib or just playing with the laughs a bit when they would just like talk yeah. over each other and back and forth. And I told I told Alan that I was not really excited to see it because I love the movie, you know. But yeah. But when I think of hey, let's take that fun movie and make songs out of it, I wasn't really like looking forward to it. And even after the first number, I'm like, this is kind of what I expected. It's a movie, but it has songs. But uh, but by the time the second song went along and we got introduced to Doc Brown, I'm yeah. like, I'm here for this. Let's go. Yeah. Here it is. My, yeah. Like I don't so, want to spoil it for big, anyone who hasn't win. seen it, but what they do with Doc Brown's musical numbers is probably one of my favorite gags that I've ever seen on stage. Um, but yes, yes. I like that. Well, that's so part of the do second the, act. Most of his Just musical all, numbers have like all, musicals, all of his fun numbers, like yeah, yeah. Not for the dreamers, but the the the, the stuff that they do. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Just, Just go with it. Yeah. Certain additions to the stage um, suddenly come up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Oh. It was. Great. And again, we got him for an amazing price. It was like ridiculous the price we got for the seats we got. I was. Like, 
I was expecting nosebleeds or like off to the side yeah. or kind of next to a pillar. Yeah. But to be square especially on, with, especially I with mean, the, how the, wow. the show incorporates, like, yeah, you'll the, have to the share the theater fix. itself, like with the special effects. Like it, we were dead center yeah. for the stuff yeah. that they yeah. do with the lights and the pyrotechnics and the DeLorean. Like uh, the end. Oh man. The idea that the people probably re- reserved seats that were worse than us a month ago, you know, and we literally got ours. Like, I mean, we rushed to get pizza before we went to the the show. So like forty five minutes yeah. before, and we still got prime seating. Yeah, is insane. It, it was a hell of a week, hell like, of a night. Outside of Comic Con, we did right. some really crazy. Like we did Colbert, mm-hmm. you did Book of Mormon, and then Back to the Future, and we ended up at the diner that inspired Seinfeld somehow. Like we just found, we found a diner in eight. I had a Greek burrito, which is a thing. And we're walking out and there's a plaque mm-hmm. on the wall with a. And I had a burger yeah, with peanut that butter. That melted immediately. Like it was. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. But there was a. Yeah. Pl- oh. There was a plaque on the wall that said, uh, this is where da- pretty much this is where David, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld came up with the idea for Seinfeld. yeah imagine imagine i mean we we had walked up and down the street a little bit trying to find a place and we just kind of landed on this it's called west west way or west side diner and we're like i mean it's a diner it's got everything on the menu let's go inside nothing special about the diner you know the the wait staff was nice she thought it was weird for putting peanut butter on a burger but nothing (laughs) nothing special about it and then literally on the way out it's this not even six by nine it was like just this tiny little thing that said oh yeah by the way and we're like the fu- how is this not the primary thing that you're pushing you know this place should be not packed diner. you should have like the boot the specific booth like decked out and shit you know and it was so weird maybe like like there's a licensing thing or something that they're not allowed to go bigger there's a contract that maybe. says you can have a four by seven plaque but that's it you know but yeah <laughs> It was that was a fun oh. find. That is yeah. very fun. Wow, you guys yeah. had a time, man. And then we got mm-hmm. to Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Comic Con yeah. itself was fun. Yeah, four days of, yeah. of, of Comic Con. For anyone who so, doesn't know, Josh is an author. So we, uh, every year at Comic Con, he sells his books, and I go to help sell them. Uh, and sales sales were pretty good this year. Pretty busy at, at our booth. Uh, we made friends with the vendors across the way nice. who were giving away free stuff all mm-hmm. weekend, uh, which was fun. Because like two days into the con, I had a yeah. And two days into the con, I had yeah. a backpack full of stuff, and I didn't pay for any of it. It was all giveaways, um, which was interesting. But <laughs> yeah. I evidently we we missed Charlie Cox at New York Comic Con because he was cosplaying as Bluey. Charlie Cox is the actor. I was gonna ask if you saw him. I didn't. Josh, mm-hmm. did you? No, I didn't. I didn't see him. There's, I mean, there's over two hundred. Th- I don't know what the final tally okay. of this year was, but in previous years, you know, they get up to like two hundred twenty thousand people that that go into this building there's multiple yeah. levels i'm surprised anytime i see one person uh uh you know multiple times because there's there's hundreds of and we're right next to a very busy intersection so hundreds of people are walking by 
our booth every couple of minutes. So um, I wasn't surprised that, and I'm not surprised that a lot of people didn't notice because there's literally so many people that, you know, you, you, you would miss it. But that's cool that he was there. Yeah. Um, do we, do we, did I freeze up or did, did you guys freeze up? It's all freezing up on my end. So I'm trying. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Oh no. Aw. <laughs> you know, I mean, it sounds incredible though. And it, it's nice that you guys were at like an intersection. And I mean, I saw the pictures of Charlie Cox as Bluey. I think it's incredible. I would not have picked him out as Bluey. I wouldn't have been like, oh, that's Charlie Cox. Yeah. I'd have been like, that grown man has an Emirates shirt on and a blue face. <laughs> um, so yeah. every year yeah. at Comic-Con, I buy, I buy some fun stuff. So I thought I'd show off some of it to you guys. Um, the one thing I'm not going to show off mm-hmm. is I bought a doormat for, my new, for the place where I just moved to over the summer. Uh, it just says Spaceballs the doormat. <laughs> and on that note, I also Perfect. bought well a done. pizza well peel. Done. Because that's what you get at New York at Comic Con. You buy a pizza peel that says "Pizza the Hut." Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well done. Very nice. But Very because be, I told him he should have used it I for crowd control. Thought about it. The, the, the you know the one thing I w- did learn about crowd control is if you go to Comic Con in a tie and a dress shirt, like people will just clear a path for you. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We had. Is that like your attire? We had Friday tie day where we uh, we dressed up on Friday and. Uh, nice. Yeah. Every other because you know we have exhibitor passes, which means we can go on the show floor hours before the con starts, which is great because you can actually take full strides when you walk. You can go kind of maybe do some shopping if the vendors are open. You can see things. You can take pictures, whether or not you're supposed to take pictures. Marvel booth, uh, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, you, you can go. have a good time. But on on Friday we did Friday tie day, and uh, and we uh, yeah we just walked. And normally someone's like, "Can I see your badge? Can I see your badge?" They try to stop you to make sure you're not just trying to get on the floor. But with ties, they're like, "Nope, they're walking with a mission. They look nice. Let's just let's just let them do their thing." So that was nice. This is the Comic Con hack now. This is what I'm doing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Next time I go, just no ticket, just a tie. Exactly. <laughs> it's like walking into places with a clipboard and a uh, and a high rev yeah. vest. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I want to talk Love about it. from Comic Con mm-hmm. before we move on is I wanted to show you guys your gifts. I got you each something at Comic Con. Um, so Ryan, yours Aww. is first. I got you uh, some pieces of art. Yes. I got you some postcards. Okay. I got one of. Planet Express and Futurama. Uh-huh. Uh And I also got you one of Deep Space Nine. Nice. Oh, that's very nice. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Devin. Happy. Both of those. Yes. <laughs> Devin, I want you Especially to... Especially since the, the, the Futurama I, one I want also you to... has Zap Brannigan <laughs> shipping it, too. Yes. Good. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. All right, I'm, I am getting my delay again, so I'm going to try my best to keep going forward with this. Devin, I want you to guess what I got you. Yeah, no okay. worries. You got me art of the I did not buy you art. Well, I, I, I would consider it art. You didn't buy me art. 
I got you. Okay. Is it? Oh, is it? Oh, you you got me Spaceballs the pizza cutter. <laughs> no, I got you a Mr. Potato Head shaped like Silent Bob. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> That's great. I didn't know those existed. I'm so happy. That's incredible. Thank you. As soon as I saw it. Yeah, yeah as soon as I saw it, I was like, I got to get this for, uh, yeah. It's like, I got to get this for Devin. He'd appreciate that. So. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, oh, yeah. This lag is getting worse and worse. Um, and I'm, I don't know what to do. Um, Can you pop off and back on? I, I yeah. Uh, well, not without ending the feed. So I'm going to, I'm going to pause the show for a second and we'll be we'll be right back. Got it. Intermission. 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 Right. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna Give close out um, Discord here, and then hopefully that fixes it. Yeah. Should, should okay. we all pop off, or just him? I mean, I think we're fine with yeah. the delay. Yeah. Yeah. I no, think we're, his we're fine. his setups having some some growing pains today. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, you guys had a good week. It was a good. It was a really good con. Um, for I think this was my eighth year in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, did you watch a lot of a lot of musicals, or is this like the most you've watched in a while? I, well, I usually try to catch one show when I go out there, but it's nice. usually not a musical. It's usually like an off-Broadway thing, and oh, I've gotten nice. lucky. Like the last couple years, we've gone. Um, I usually would just find something when we got there. Like, there was one year that Charlie Cox, um, um, the guy that plays Loki, yeah. uh, Tom Hiddleston, and the evil or the villain chick from from the Loki show season one, they yeah. all had an off-Broadway play together called Betrayal. Oh, wow. And we got tickets to that for, like, 40 bucks. And then uh, last year we got tickets to a preview of The Piano that had... Um, that had um, Samuel Jackson in it, uh, the guy that played Cyborg, Juicy from from the prison show, and oh, yeah. uh, Denzel Washington's son in it, and that was a great thing. So I I usually don't go for musicals. I normally go for like plays. Right. Um, but I and I, every year I'm like I'm gonna buy them in advance, but then they're like one to three hundred bucks, and yeah. so. TKTS just kind of takes that out of the equation, and if it's there, it's there, and if not, you find something else to do. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's totally fair. It's a good way to look at it. All right. Yeah. Can you guys say something now? Now. 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 Okay, that's better. Before it breaks again, better. let's uh, let's, let's go. Let's go live again. Of course, it's gonna be this way. Because <sighs> every time I close it out, it changes. The source for the video. Sorry about the the delay, folks. Uh, we're having all. I'm having all kinds of technical issues today. Um, yeah. And for some reason, Discord updated, and I think that's the problem. Got it. Uh, because yeah. I didn't have these issues before. And this Alan and I were considering is, if we couldn't find a good Broadway show to see to go see Taylor Swift's uh, Eras Tour movie in one of the theaters. Which I still want to see, but we didn't end up doing that. This, this you time. know, it oh. with our luck, be, 
we would have seen it at the theater where Taylor Swift actually was because she was in New York this week. Right, right. <laughs> was she? Yeah. Was she at the football game? She was at she was SNL. Something. She introduced the. She yeah. She was. She, oh. She introduced the singer on SNL for the second set. Yeah. All right. Well, we are back. Video's back up. So we're going to... Josh, anything else from New York Comic Con we want to talk about before we move on to today's main topic? I mean, we could go on and on and on. There was a lot of fun stuff. It was a good time, and it was a better time because Alan was with me. So uh, always a pleasure. Same here, bud. Like, uh, highlight, highlight of my fall so far. So... Uh, just because we had so much packed into the last few days, I am still like exhausted. So, and <laughs> I will, and I will be until Halloween probably. So, <laughs> um, all right. My we, gift to you. Thank you. Um, now I need a nap. Uh, now we're going to move on to today's main topic. Uh, whenever we have a guest here on the show, they, we have them bring a film and, Josh's pick for this week. He reached out to me before before Comic Con even. It was like, "Hey, have you guys seen Vanilla Sky? Because I would love to watch that again and talk to you guys about it on the show." So we watched Vanilla Sky, the uh, 1999 Cameron Crowe film, uh, starring Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz, and Penelope Cruz. So, Josh, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to watch this film. This, um, I, I. Uh I, I've just always loved this film. I, I don't know what happened, but like when I reached out to you a week or two ago, uh, my my YouTube algorithm was suddenly just pushing deleted scenes from this movie, and I don't know why. Like I hadn't recently searched for it. Maybe maybe I was listening to the soundtrack because I absolutely love the soundtrack and the score for this movie. And then all of a sudden, I was getting all these things. And I'm like, man, I really want to watch this. And now, anytime I watch like an old movie that i haven't seen for a while i think of this podcast and i'm like well i don't i don't just want to watch it alone i want to see if i can share it (laughs) with the guys so um but yeah my history with this movie i remember when it came out um and and i was too young to see it in theaters and you know the the way the trailers sold it was just like this there was this you know i think like sex and and uh mystery and death were like flashing on the trailer and something like that and i just it it looked like a sexy movie you know and not something that i'd be allowed to see back that well i was i I was in high school i could have gone to see it but when i finally saw it later um it was so not the movie that i expected it to be and then i just became obsessed with you know where did this movie come from and oh my god penelope cruz was in the original movie for this and then they brought it to america and then the music behind it and the behind the scenes of the production and it's just always been uh one of my favorite kind of mindfuck movies I don't, i'm sorry if i can't guess it but it's definitely like it <laughs> screws with your mind and i've always loved those types of movies and this one definitely ranks up there for that kind of stuff Devin and ryan had, he, had you guys seen this movie before never no, no. Okay. I thought I hadn't seen it, and then as soon as you see Tom Cruise in the latex ma- latex mask, I was like, "Oh, I've seen the end of this movie before." Mm. <laughs> I've I had seen enough of the movie. I was like, "Oh, I should go back and watch this from the beginning," and then never did. And it it's been like ten years mm. or plus since I'd seen it. So I was like. 
I don't know what this is. I don't know what's going on. All I know is I saw the end of this once. Like, oh, that was interesting. I want to see that from the beginning. And then there I was. Yeah. So. Wow. Nice. Well, yeah. I almost had exactly what you had with this movie, Josh, where I didn't know what this movie was. And I went, oh, okay. He's having us watch a rom-com. All right. I'll watch a rom-com yep. today. And, like, just kind of, like, literally before I, like, sat down today, I'm like, all right, I'm in the mood to watch a rom-com. Let's laugh. Let's learn. Let's feel. Was not the movie I was expecting. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like right? if you watched, like, A Beautiful Mind for the romance at the beginning. Right. And then had no idea. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. that. It's that. This is the same level for me. Yeah. Ryan, what would you think? Okay. Uh, so prior to watching it, um, I had stayed away from it because I pulled the Devon on this one when I was younger, when it first came out and I alluded it to a lot of the other Tom Cruise movies that weren't mission impossible that came out around the turn of the millennium, which meant they were boring and I wanted nothing to do with them. Um, Mm. so that's the lump I threw this movie in back then. And I just kind of like kept it there. Um, I wasn't ready for a Tom Cruise Matrix movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, I'm still on the fence. I I need to watch it again to really determine what my true feelings are for the movie. Um, I don't know when I'll get around to to rewatching it, though. (laughs) But I definitely need to watch it again to, like, get my feelings straight on it. It's definitely a long movie, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was not expecting that too. I was not expecting. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about our feelings about the movie, I'm going to go ahead and say that I liked the movie. Like, I did like it a lot, and I know I liked it because at one point, my wife Ramana asked, "What was the movie about?" And I didn't just say, "Oh, it's a Tom Cruise Matrix movie." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So the movie starts like this, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then I got like excited. I was like, "Oh!" And then, by the way, this was this happening the whole time. And actually, when it was this scene, it was actually this scene. I was like, "All right, I like this movie." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed it too. Like I, once I saw the mask, I was like, "There's something at the end of this that made me go, I want to watch the rest of this," and. I couldn't remember what it was. I was like, okay, so it's it's the levels of things and like what's a dream and what isn't and why why is everything happening the way it is. Um, if we didn't say it already, spoilers for Vanilla Sky, but it's been out for 24 <laughs> years. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and it holds like, up still. I still think it holds up. Like yeah. for the concept. I, I think it does too, uh, but that soundtrack though, like, was amazing. Like, you said you have the soundtrack to this on vinyl. I have the limited edition vinyl. Yes, what? that came with. It's like a dual LP. I forgot how I got it, but it's really hard to find now. And it comes with like a strip of the film, and uh, and and it's it's white instead of the normal thing. It's got. The front of it is the immemorial picture that they used for his funeral um, for Tom Cruise. And I just, I've always loved that vinyl. Um, the music, the like the, the soundtrack is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just all of the songs in, and, and then the score for it by Nancy Wilson is also amazing. And she had worked on previous films with Cameron Crowe. And 
uh, her her guitar stuff and the reoccurring theme that plays in different ways that is something that if I need to like calm the hell down or if I need to write something um, that that just gets me in the mode it's really just calming music and I love it but yeah I, I've always loved that soundtrack there's some great tracks <coughs> in there yeah yeah um, so, so what what do we want to talk about with this movie because there are so many levels of this that we there's can talk a lot about. where do we want to start so Josh, you said earlier about a lot of the stuff that happened behind the scenes, that there was like an earlier version of this movie. Like you've totally piqued my interest with all of that. Could you speak to that a little more? Yeah. So this, this movie came out in 2001 and, um, Penelope Cruz had recently starred in a Spanish version of it called, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to screw it up. Abre los ojos. Uh, open your eyes is, is the Spanish version. And, and they say that in the uh, movie. Yeah, and and uh, at uh, it it came out in 1997. They debuted it at Sundance Film Festival in '98, and Tom Cruise saw it at, at that film festival, and immediately he was working with uh, you know he'd already done um, Jerry Maguire with Cameron Crowe, and he's like, you need to see this movie, and then we need to acquire it to to do it. And so not only did they did they you know rewrite it for um, American audiences, but then they loved Penelope Cruz in it so much that they brought her back for the same role, and um, and you know the rest is is history. But you know that kind of stuff, the uh, the crazy amount of money that they dropped to clear out Times Square for real. I mean, up until that point, that had never been done before. And uh, that's not, you know, that's not CGI. That was like a real scene. They they secured like maybe three hours to do that. Wow. And uh, I just always thought that was a really, you know, cool, cool scene that they that they pulled off in real life. You know, it's incredible. I didn't know any of that. And one of the questions I wanted to ask the group is you're in New York City. You leave your hotel or your house. You see that Times Square is empty. Is your first reaction just to run? Or so, is it just because it's Tom Cruise? So I can answer that right away. So first <laughs> off, before before even entering Times Square, when he's driving by, uh, by Central Park and there's yeah. no one out, I'm getting maybe half a block with no one around and going right back to my apartment. <laughs> I'm not continuing to drive. I'm not doing anything. If I live in New York City and I walk out and there is literally no one within vision, like range, or I don't hear any noises or anything, I'm going back to my apartment. <laughs> yeah, because that was like at 9 a.m. Like you see him yeah. look at his and it's like at night. Like I have flown out of of New York, in, you know, before it's dawn, you know, and so I had to get like a like a uber at at three in the morning to the airport and we've driven through times square and even then there's still people around you know like they it's it's definitely more empty but it's never that empty and certainly not when the sun's out so i i always thought that was a really cool visual yeah the the thing that caught me off guard having just been in times square last week was how far he gets his car because a lot of that has become just pedestrian 
walkways now. Yes. Uh, so you can't even yes. drive. Like, it, it's harder to you as you could drive it, but it's harder to get a car in there. Um, if if I had New York to myself like that, the first thing I would do is either <coughs> I would break into the Ed Sullivan Theater and pretend that I'm Stephen Colbert. I would head to Thirty Rock and yes. pretend that I'm hosting SNL. Like I would just make the rounds of all these <laughs> spots and like. Like that's what I would do if I had New York to myself. Like I would just, I would just lean into it and have some fun. I love the idea that like Alan would just go party where like Tom Cruise was like primal scream, like existential yep. crisis. Alan's like, no, 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 playgrounds open, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna break into the fi- fly iron building and demand pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Un- Unfortunately, my mind goes right to I am legend in that scenario. That's no, why right. I'm like, I'm going back to my apartment because You're there's no the reason though. rationally for no one to be out in New York. Yeah. I'm not going to be that stupid person that like everyone's looking out their window going, doesn't he know what's going on? Get the heck back inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, either the rapture happened, but that doesn't make sense because it's New York. So there'd still be plenty of people around uh, or like a massive invasion or something, but yeah, it you know, it's it was def. But it turns out it was just a glitch in the matrix, and then they they mm-hmm. reset, and he woke back up in bed. But yeah. uh, hell of a way to start the movie. I really liked the progression of this movie um, when when they just uh, when they slowly start bringing in um, uh, the interrogation scenes, and and mm-hmm. he's in jail, and he's talking to uh, he's talking to Kurt Russell, like it's. It's not like abrupt, abrupt, but when it starts happening, you're like, "Oh wait, this is not the same movie that I was just watching," you know, and and uh, and then they slowly bring in more, and it's less about just the life of a of a billionaire playboy, but like, wait, he's being charged for murder? Like, who who did he kill, and and how did it get to that point, and um, what's with the mask, and just the, the the mystery that unfolds and then the craziness afterwards it's just I, I always like the structure of the film even though it is a long film and it kind of takes a minute to get there but I was always intrigued by okay where are we going from here I think the movie had me from the get because honestly when they did that in the very like first shot of the movie is the kind of pan of New York that everyone does right you get the top down you get the Brooklyn Bridge you get you know, the cars driving by. And I was expecting a Cheryl, Cheryl Crow song. And instead I got <laughs> nothing. Mm-hmm. And was really intrigued about why I was getting literally nothing. And, like, the mm-hmm. movie literally gripped me because it's so, like, dissonant, right? Like, I wanted... I, I again, went into the rom-com in mind. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a fun, poppy thing. And I was like, wait a minute. Is my computer broken? Why is this? And I loved it. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go back to something you said there a second ago about the dream at the beginning being a glitch in the matrix. So is that all part of the, the lucid dream as well? Or is that still stuff from before the lucid dream? Cause I thought it was stuff beforehand. Well, that's, I mean, I mean, you're right. It could, it could have been, I mean, yeah, I guess in sequence things, it could be, Unless he was replaying things over, you know, like resetting things himself. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the that's the question. Like, there is a 
well, this is where the split happened moment. But then, the you know, his ability to, like, control things, you wonder if he's <coughs> replaying this over and over and over in his head and, and, um, and they're trying to get him to stop uh, or they're trying to fix it as he replays. So, I don't know. That could have just been a dream and, and been, like, his fear of being alone in the world and, and reflecting on himself and the gray hair thing. Um, but just the way that he does things in the dream and then he wakes up and he does them again, um, you know, it could have been one or the other. There's a lot of things that are spelled out and then other things that are left up for, to interpretation. So yeah. another reason why I like the film. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, Cameron Diaz saying like, hey, open your eyes, definitely throws a wrench in it being just an easy, answerable question about that yeah. dream at the beginning because that happens three times throughout the movie and it's very important when when it happens mm -hmm. right and so right. her doing that definitely throws a wrench into making that <coughs> an easy answer unfortunately mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah what did you guys think yeah. of cameron diaz's character okay uh, I'm never going to look at her the same way again. <laughs> like, she was really good in this. Yeah. Cause, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's like I normally see her as kind of like a comedic actress. Like, that's mainly what I've seen her do. And then something like this. Like, I don't know if I could ever watch The Holiday the same way again and see her as just a sensible person. And I love that movie, The Holiday. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, yeah. all I, I'm going to do is see your character. But her part of the holiday, we, we had this conversation in Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, yeah. I, I, always, I, I just can't, I can't I, talk I, to I did feel bad, bad for her. So I'm just going to jump in here and there when I can. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll give extra space for you. I, I always thought um, it, it was sad for her character in the beginning. Like maybe she was a little naive you know, maybe, um, I mean, uh, you know, uh, he was definitely a playboy type, you know, and you could tell from the very beginning, but then that, sh that shift into, oh shit, you know, like this is, this is about to go bad a moment. Um, yeah, that was, you could see it on, on, uh, Tom Cruise's face, like, oh, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is, we've crossed the line here and, uh, yeah, uh. Yeah, and then that happened, and I'm like, where do where do we go from here? I wasn't expecting a, a, a you know, a crash and everything. So, so speaking of not expecting things in this movie, I have to know because from the second I deter I like figured out I don't know where this movie is going, I went, okay, let me guess where this movie's going, uh, and and this is for for uh, Alan and Ryan, and Ryan, I'll have you go first. Ryan, did you guess where this movie was going? I figured something was up. The this like I, I, during the first part of the movie, I'm like, okay, something weird's gonna happen here. This is set up too oddly. Like something's gonna come back. And then as soon as uh, uh, he was woken up uh, on the street with her saying, you know, David, open your eyes. And you had uh, Monet's uh, Vanilla Sky. I don't know if that's the name of the painting. He mentioned it. His snowboard was that design. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay. it's a, He's in purgatory. He's dead. 
uh, he's in a computer, he's in a dream, something's happening here that's not real reality. And then it was just trying to piece things along as it went. That's pretty quick, though, because at that point, I just felt so bad for him. Like, the the, pre, the precursor scene to that, the nightclub scene, I was like, man, this is the lowest of low. You know, he's lost. the, And it, it hurt It hurt to watch today. Like, he's lost the yeah. love of his life, you know, and, and he thinks that his friend is with her. And, and uh, I didn't want to believe that that was the point, you know. But then other things start coming on, like... His friend is his friend again, you know, his face, they can fix his face all of a sudden, you know, it yeah, was like yeah. layering things on top of that. Yeah. Alan, what did you think? Did, were you able to guess the ending of this one? At a certain point, I remembered there was a, a satisfying ending to this that I was like, oh, I need to go back and rewatch this and then never did. So I, I didn't know the specifics of it. And I didn't know when it all picked up. I was like, I think that at a certain point, this all breaks off and is not a reality. Um, so I, I was surprised at the point where they d- chose to split it off. Like everything from that point on was in the lucid dream. But beyond that, yeah, I, I, I kind of saw it coming, but I, I was satisfied nonetheless. I, I, you know, my theory for all of it was always like, this is different dimensions. This is like going to be like a like a Spider Verse, but a Tom Cruise verse or something like that. Like a, <laughs> I didn't know what I, but I I didn't see the. I for some reason like they hint at it almost the whole time with Benny the dog, mm-hmm. and they really hit Benny the dog, and <laughs> I was just like, what a weird detail to include in a movie. I'll ignore it every time they brought it up. So. That was yeah. That was my my bit of that, and and that's why they do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was yeah. a bi- yeah. They they sprinkle that in a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the Conan O'Brien pa- cameo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, so I I'm I'm Devin. I'm unequivocally Devin, and I hone in on really stupid things about movies. Uh, there was those. there was a piece of the movie that I saw, and I was like, if I, if this was like. 20 years ago this particular part of the movie would have blown my mind and it was the retractable tv at the end of his bed because you could tell yeah. at the time they were like he's living classy ladies and gentlemen but it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like led screen it's like nothing now like that's I, like that's like super thick and yeah. kind of small <laughs> yeah i chunky goes down <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. I I watched uh, the the game for the first time a couple weeks ago. I, oh, I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen that. And there's a scene where he's in his mansion, sitting on a sofa, watching this little box TV from like across the room. And I'm like, this is the height of luxury, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do love little things like that. But the fact that he had you know his car and everything, and I mean he was. You could still tell, like, he's pretty yeah. rich, you know, he was, well, he was pretty well off. The dude was driving a late 60s Mustang in lower Manhattan. Yeah. Just and that had... screams money. Like, that screams money no matter when you're living in New York. <laughs> and he had a secret apartment on top yeah. of his lavish apartment, you know, so, yeah. So, what okay. did you think of the twist, uh, you know, the... 
the the face or not the twist not the full twist yet but like when 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 the when uh, the faces started turning when Sophia started becoming Julie uh, all of a sudden or you know and he couldn't tell who was in his bed and what was actually going on and you know the whole tie up scene and all of that stuff. For me, that was point number one when I figured the movie out. I got it, guys, for sure. And I was like, oh, that experimental fiber optic surgery they did on his face just messed with his brain, and he's hallucinating. Got it. I know what this movie is now. Thank you, movie. Clearly, I was wrong, but that was the first yeah. point where I was like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I... I have no problem with watching couplings in movies. I really don't. Um, uh, but that was just... Could have been like half as long and would have gotten the point across mm. instead of him like doing like a weird like... I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it, it, um, it was really cool beforehand of them going back and forth, like her going into the bathroom then coming out, um, and then constantly going back and forth and him like having like a panic attack on the floor. Um, and then when they got to the bed, like, and then when they got to that scene with her flipping back and forth with him on top of her, like at that point I was like, Oh, I was like, okay, enough's happened. I know that this is, I know that this is in his head. And they kept on switching back and forth. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. I no, get it. No, it was I realistic. It. I get it. And then finally, <laughs> the, the scene ends. And I was so relieved that I'm like, okay, thank God they're done throwing it in my face. That I kind of lost what was supposed to be the hit of like him seeing the mole and then realizing yeah. like who it was. And I was like, huh, they should have done this like 30 seconds ago. It would have been fine. <laughs> it would have been fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alan? Um, for me, I, I like the twist. The, the thing that bothered me the whole, the whole movie though, was all I could think about was I remember when this movie came out and Tom Cruise had started dating Penelope Cruz and it just bugged me that they kind of had the same last name the whole time. And that's yeah. all I could think about every time they were on screen together. Like it, it just irritated me, but I, I but I, I like the back and forth and how they played with that. Um, but, yeah. I mean, they met on this movie set. This is yeah. this movie's why they dated for, what, three, four years? Yeah. I think it's adorable. <laughs> so, so, how did you two meet? Oh, yeah, my boyfriend killed me on a movie set. That's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> I, the one thing I will say about that scene that you did, the scene you didn't like, Ryan, is there was this almost realistic, like, couple of seconds where Tom Cruise is, you know, is making love to, to Penelope Cruz, and then she switches to Cameron Diaz, and you can see on his face, he's like, do I keep going? <laughs> like, that yeah. bit of it, I was like, all right, like, I'll give him uh, Matt for that scene. <laughs> yeah, like, like, that, and it turned into this weird thing where, where like, I couldn't tell... If he was like, 
an extreme mix of emotions of like him finishing at the same time of him going i can't take this anymore like extreme pleasure mixed with extreme distress and it went on for way too long yeah and that was my main issue where it was like okay i get it this is you know totally messing him up is this gonna end because i get it is it going to end and again the same thing like i was just waiting for it to finally like come to the conclusion of whatever that was going to be no pun intended yeah Uh, yeah uh, yeah and then uh, i mean then things kind of move along after that like he admits you know that he remembers killing her and everything and then you know all of a sudden realizes this might be a part of the the life extension thing because he sees the benny the dog commercial and Mm -hmm. uh and then we get a we get a young tilda swinton um, yeah i was which i was i I was so her in the movie that was so cool to see like she's like it's always good to see her in a movie would you stop sorry my cat's biting my foot (laughs) (laughs) and not only tilda swinton but noah taylor was that that uh, guy that kept on showing up and he'd he'd see him around and he was a little weird and and uh things Mm -hmm. started things started falling apart so the whole um speaking of the matrix the whole scene when he's running out of the le offices and uh a young michael uh shannon uh cop is like trying to come after him in in the deleted scenes he gets down to the lobby and there's a bunch of cops and there's a whole shootout scene that's kind of reminiscent of of the matrix and they're all like shooting at him and uh he's realizing that he's not getting hit so he uh takes up a gun and thinks it's all fake and starts shooting and ends up killing michael shannon uh and uh and then him and um uh kurt russell get obliterated by the cops like they just shoot him up (laughs) Uh, and then they wake up and they're perfectly fine and everybody else in the lobby is gone. And I thought that was just a crazy alternate scene uh, that they cut out of there. I can understand why they cut it, but that is really insane. Like, I kind of want to watch that scene now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Alan, so- any thoughts? I keep on wanting to give him space. Yeah. To talk. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't really have much else. I the the way the live stream is going to work and with my with my delay, like, I just I'm trying to let you guys have the conversation so I don't interrupt the video too much. But no, I I think you guys have covered most of what I had. I really am interested in checking out those deleted scenes now and revisiting mm-hmm. the film for a rewatch uh, sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. My I, my favorite parts of the movie is the the elevator scene going up to the to the roof. I think yeah. just the the tech guy laying it all out. Nancy Wilson's uh, song uh, "Elevator Beat" is playing in the background, and you know he not only explains where the splice was, but then he explains what really happened. And what really happened is a mix of. Um, melancholy and like good for you you know you overcame yourself you won you beat the 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 seven dwarves you won back the company 
but then you couldn't get over the loss and the suicide thing and and just it was it's such a heavy heavy scene but it's so well filmed and and the 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 pills scene spliced with the with the car crash and the tech guy simply saying you know consequences david like we all have to live with the consequences of our actions and i just i mean with the music swelling in the background i thought that was such a beautiful scene it gets me every time uh and then you know pairing that with everything that happens on the roof and him you know coming to terms with what he what his options are um it's a hell of a finale of the movie and i i just i thought it was <coughs> super well written and shot well agree and it it takes its time to get there but it takes its time to get there for a reason i mean even to your point that pill scene we want we see that scene earlier we see where he like trips in the bathroom and like hits his foot against it because he's like dying from the overdose like we see that and like it brings every single thing in the movie back full circle and ties it all up very very neatly and like understanding that there was something going on while the thing that you saw was going on i i always kind of love Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm with you, man. It's it was a great scene. It's like it's one of the standouts in the movie, like by far. And then to realize that the woman that he loves so much and just wants back has been dead for 150 years, mm-hmm. uh, and him getting to like talk to her one more time before uh, he makes his choice, like that was just. It's a gorgeous scene. Meanwhile, you have you have Kurt Russell out there like freaking out with his own existence, you know, and then just trying to accept it. But uh, is a is a really cool scene, yeah. And uh, yeah, I do love that. Like Tom Cruise is in charge of what Kurt Russell does, and he's like, he'll have an existential crisis right now. Go. Like he made him do that. He didn't have to do that. Right. Right. And I did love that he was he he was written. He was created to emulate the the fatherness of um, <coughs> To Kill a Mockingbird guy, and I I just Atticus and Finch. you know, and and Brian caught it when he when he said that the skies you know looked like the painting and mm-hmm. uh, and that and uh, you know them walking down the snowy road r- was based off of an album cover cover that made him feel nostalgic, and that's me. Mm-hmm. Like I'll see a painting or an album cover and be like, God, I want to. I want to live in that moment, you know, and to yeah. see that that's how he crafted things. And so, so that's my question to you guys. If you guys had gone through all this trauma, um, uh, and, and was now said, Hey, you can, we can fix all of this. We can wipe it. We'll give you the upgrade. You can literally be the God of your own existence and live out your amazing life. Or you can take what funds you have left, be in the future uh, 150 years and survive until you become broke. What do you think your choice would be? Oh, that is a good question because every part of me wants to be like, I'm gonna take the hard road. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna live in the real world. I'd probably be a god. I'd probably get the upgrade. I'd probably, you know what I'll do? I'll imagine a future that's probably better than whatever 150 <laughs> years is from now. I'll imagine the Jetsons and I'll be the star of it. So I would love to think that I'd take the hard road. I absolutely wouldn't. The fact that he says your your funds of what they are aren't going to last long. And with how rich he was to begin with yeah. has me kind of thinking, okay, so does that... So that th- th- that either means two things. One, he has spent all of his money 
because I'm going to assume it's like a leasing program. I don't think it's just yeah. like a flat fee, you know, like his money's run out over the 150 years. Or things have gotten so dystopian that even that if you have like money from, you know, earlier, it's not going to make crap. <laughs> so I am going to say, hey, can you give me like a little, you know, can you give me like the evening news for yesterday? <laughs> Yeah, give me a, give me a flash. Yeah, let's yeah, see. Yeah, like, can you give me just like the evening local news? Are you just using let me the see three shells yet? Hmm? Yeah. Are you <laughs> using the three shells yet? No. That wouldn't keep me asleep. No, no. Seriously, that 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 would be your end game for that. <laughs> the three shells, yes. Yeah. Not who, who I mean, won I, the restaurant wars? Pizza Hut or Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah. It would take more than okay. Okay, so. <laughs> If I found out that it was like a demolition man type future, mm-hmm. I would want to know what the morality laws were, and then yeah. depending on the morality laws is what would be the yes or no for me. No. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, what, what about you? Um, man, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard. Like, I thought a loophole might be. Well, can I, can I stay in the simulation, but a simulation of present day that i don't go broke like can i have it both ways like uh you know but i mean you know nostalgia hits hard man and to have the perfect life i mean especially after you went through so much it kind of felt like he earned it you know so but at the same time and i know this is gonna kind of get dark i I, i'd never be somebody that would take my own life Mm -hmm. but uh jumping off a building is like the way to go like i feel like that would be exhilarating and and you know depending especially if you're that high up you know you're not gonna survive the fall but uh i always thought that was an interesting way to end the movie is that's how he has to do it you know yeah and uh that that scene with him falling and splicing in all these little things that are like you know part of his character's childhood and growing up and you know little thing of tom cruise as a as a high school uh wrestler and stuff like that with the music and just the imagery it was really it's a beautiful beautiful scene for a you know a suicidal moment that you still don't (laughs) you know you're hoping that this is actually what it is and he's gonna wake up you know so yeah i thought i always thought that was a really cool heavy scene it was yeah yeah like like a lot of this movie just really well done yeah I, I know there's a bit of a delay, but I really want to know Alan's answer to that question. Uh, what would you do? I would try to find a loophole and try to do a little bit of both. Like, present day with all of the money and, like, live the best life that you could. Yeah. Um, and, like, the stipulation of, like, what I would want to know before I, I get out of the, the simulations. Like, like... Are the Marvel movies still good? Like, are they good again? Or, like, <laughs> what phase are we on? Come back right. I mean, that's a hard question to answer yeah. now, let alone 150 <laughs> years from now. You know? Yeah. So. It's like a really good plug for your podcast. Yeah. How many How yeah. many Spider-Man actors are there now? And, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Spider-Man Multiverse 52. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I would. I thank you for watching this. I would highly. There's so many deleted scenes. I still haven't seen all of them. Uh, Another one of my favorite deleted scenes is when the tech guy 
kind of takes him through his own funeral and he walks around uh, his apartment and sees people um, talking about him and he walks up to his his best friend Jason Lee who um, at the beginning of the movie they seem like they're good friends but like he does him raw so much yeah. you know and to see and he just walks up to him and doesn't just looks at him in this scene and it was basically you could just see it on his face like I was horrible to you and yet you're here and that's because you were a really good friend you know and and it's a it's a cool scene just to see him walk around his own his own um, bereavement and yeah. Uh, yeah it's there's so much gorgeous stuff about this film and I mean it's definitely my favorite uh, Cameron Crow film and that's a lot of that's a lot of films in his in his list, and uh, and I think a lot of people haven't seen this film because they saw a trailer for it and thought that it was some kind of crazy sexual uh, 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 romance or romantic drama or something like that. And and back in the Magnolia days of Tom Cruise's career, and maybe not worth watching. But it was the 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 subtle sci-fi angle of it has always blown me away. Yeah. Alan. I love that I have to re- resort to raising my hand to say anything on the show. But I will say that <laughs> I straight up confused this film with Magnolia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I hate I hate that movie, Magnolia. It's I do not like that movie. But Is it just yeah. a, a romance movie? No, it's a weird it's a weird multiple storylines thing and and Tom Cruise is, I think he's like this, this he's like early, early days alpha male, and he's got like a, like a ponytail, and he's like, this is how you get the woman, and you know, and he's like a womanizer, it's a weird movie, oh, I just man. never, I never liked it. Yeah. Gross. I wouldn't like Heavy it. drama. Patton Oswalt's Heavy drama. in it? What? Yeah. It's got a hell of a cast as well, yeah. <clears throat> That's interesting. Anything else before we wrap this up? I think it's all I got. Okay. De- uh, Devin, I okay. I think you should do the honors of closing us out since uh, Alan's <laughs> kind of... Um, Instead of Alan waiting for it? Yeah, because it's... Yeah, so... <laughs> totally as long as Alan's okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, if there's anything... Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, first off... Thank you so much, Josh, for coming. This was incredible. I do appreciate yeah, you. If you have any other movie recommendations, if you ever get nostalgic again for these types of movies, please, please, please keep us in mind because these are movies that I haven't seen before, and I love watching these kinds of movies. So thank you so much. Uh, so next week is Ryan's pick. Ryan, what is your pick for next week? Uh, my pick for next week is 2019's Haunt. Hmm. Have you seen that one, Josh? I have not, but I know what it is, so I, that's cool. I haven't even heard of it before, so I, I'm i excited to watch that. But in the meantime, if you would like to watch any more of these recordings that we do live, or if you'd like to follow us, we are on Spotify, we're on Pandora, we're really anywhere that you get your podcasts from. Um, you can follow us at uh, Rum Runners Podcast 
they have a whole site with us linked on there. And also we have these recordings available on YouTube as well. So definitely follow us on there and give us a like on YouTube. That does help us out. Otherwise, for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Devin. Uh, that's Alan over there. And I'm Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> He's waving for the audio listeners. He's waving. He's here, I promise. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so much. Yeah, yeah, he has the silent bob potato head. That's exactly his role today. Yeah. Yeah, but uh thanks for tuning in everybody. See you next week.